0: Thanks for tuning in. This is You Should Try Listening. Hello, hello, everyone. You are listening to You Should Try Listening. We're your hosts, Lauren and Amazing, coming into 2021 with the freshest dreads, popping Ooh. skin, <laughs> big smile. Yes, COVID negative. Glow COVID-negative. up like I've never seen
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I hope so.
0: Yes. uh, We wanted to say Happy New Year to everybody. When you're listening to this, it will be in January of 2021. So dope. Thanks for coming along this ride with us. We appreciate you.
1: Man, you brought us into a whole new year. Mm. Thank you for being there. Thank you for still wanting to listen, still wanting to be a part of this conversation, I guess. I was yeah, just about to say awesome. that.
0: I was just about <laughs> to say thanks for wanting to be part of this conversation.
1: Look at us. You better get We've it. We've been doing too much. We've been doing too much together.
0: <laughs> Look at God. We the, we do, we're found we saying the same thing. Something we wanted to address with you guys is a listener email. We're excited. This is our first listener email and we just want more of them. So we're going to put this person's conversation Comments on blast. They said in a good way. Yes, Thank we're you. gonna show some listener love. <laughs> they said, I loved today's episode, uh, referring to the episode about the face reader, Alex Paolo. So the episode, who do you think you are? They said, I love today's episode. I wonder if he could do cartoon faces. And then it says, I watched Soul and felt like the character Dorothea Williams looked like
1: Sierra. Whoa. <laughs> i haven't seen it yet but that's interesting
0: yeah and that would mean they would have to have the same personality Mm. isn't that interesting that would be
1: so what was this (laughs) lady's personality what made you? she
0: was very like i saw soul we watched it on christmas day wait let me finish this email
1: (laughs) oh okay yeah Get to the shit. I want to know. (laughs) She
0: said, a topic I'd love to hear you guys cover is spirituality and even spiritual visitation. This topic Mm. can have such a range of responses from different people. Thank you. Long time listener. Love the content. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Been with us since day one. I did watch Soul. I do know the character that they're referring to. I see what they mean. I mean, just Google it. Google it right now. Dorothea Williams, Soul. It, I can see how this person might resemble you.
1: Dorothea. Uh, okay. I I need to watch Soul. This is actually some great quality like animation. Like, that's a <laughs>
0: drew this i kind of <laughs> see
1: it maybe she. Had that's blocks. how i
0: felt like i <laughs> see it i
1: see it i see a little bit of it and her I
0: personality don't... in the movie was very in my opinion cool collected if it gives you any idea the voice of this person was felicia
1: rashad shut up oh my gosh I got, who, who is this listener seriously <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> i sorry. Okay, let me roll it in. They're going to think I'm a maniac. So if you but- <laughs>
0: listen to that, like, dynamic voice, that's kind of the personality he had. Was, like, calm, cool, collected, but, like, don't give me no mess.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that. I don't know. Like, I actually mentioned Re- Fel- Fel- uh, Felicia Rashad in the Face Reader episode. I, know. I Girl, I've been trying to channel <laughs> Felicia Rashad my whole life. She is, like, just so every... I am every woman to me. Well, like, apparently people are thinking
0: you've channeled it. You've oh, channeled it. That is the, the highest regard. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: oh.
0: Today, we wanted to talk to you guys about da-da-da-da hospitals. I know. da 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 hospitals. Not, so, da, 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 hospitals. <laughs> okay, wait, let me do a different one. Let me do a different one. Today, our topic is dun 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 hospitals. Yeah, there it is. Is that where it is? That's where it is. (laughs) See, I feel like we shouldn't do that because some people might hear it the other way. Some people think of hospitals as a place of safety and some people think opposite.
1: And COVID time, that's still
0: the thought of it. I don't know. I can't, I can't, you know what I
1: mean? True. Hospitals, question mark.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hospitals, question mark. (laughs) Exactly. That is the best version. Sierra and I were talking one day and I realized that There were so many different, just between the two of us, so many different ideas that we had about hospitals. And I thought, let's open it up to the public because there's part of it that comes from culture and there's part of it that comes from, I don't know. There's lots of different moving parts. Let's just talk about you specifically, Sierra. What are some ideas you have about the hospital?
1: Oof, where to begin? (laughs) I would say as myself and from my experiences from how I perceive them and how I believe they might perceive me. I don't think of it as a safe place. I definitely wouldn't go to one without, if something was serious without feeling like I would get a second opinion. I would definitely wouldn't mm. feel like, Oof, especially during this COVID time where people have to go alone, they don't get guests. And I'm not like that extremely vocal or confrontational of a person. I definitely wouldn't feel, <laughs> I wouldn't feel comfortable uh. It's just
0: so it sounds like you're saying a hospital is a place where they're trying to, like, it seems like they don't help you. Don't picture a hospital being a helpful place, you
1: picture a hospital being a place that they want to hurt you. Not that, no, I don't think that their intention is to hurt you, but I don't think it is as helpful at me as a black woman. I don't think it would be always a helpful experience, you know unless that's interesting. <laughs> I do think if there was a rod in my head, they would take it out much better than I could do at home. <laughs> but, you know, for those underlying, not so, not so obvious conditions that can arise, I think it would be an uphill battle of trying to communicate with them, trying to let go of all those misconceptions they might and unconscious biases they have that kind of dismiss me to the point where shit gets lost in the sauce. And I'm fucking, you know,
0: That's an interesting concept that you have, you seem to have more feelings about what you think they think about you than what you actually think about them. Like most of what you just said is like, you talked about misconceived and misconceptions and, and and you're not talking about your misconceptions. You're talking about the ones that you imagine they have. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Okay. For me, I picture a hospital being a place where, not necessarily because I'm a black woman, more so because hospitals are a business. I picture hospitals being a place that is very, very necessary in the world. We need hospitals because like Sierra said, I can't pull a rod out of my own head or (laughs) my chest or if I get in a car accident, I can't fix myself. But I do think a hospital is a place where if you aren't aware of your options and if you aren't aware of, I don't necessarily want to say your rights, but if you aren't aware of your options, that you could get lost in the sauce. I mean, how many hospital shows have you watched where someone goes in for one thing, they realize they have a bigger thing, the surgeons go in to fix that bigger thing and cause another problem,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then and this isn't a for me, this isn't coming from a perspective of race. This is coming from a perspective of a lot of times I feel like they're just you're kind of like the test, <laughs> like they have people learning on you. It's one of those high high risk jobs because if I mess up at work. I'm an accountant. If I mess up at work, I can fix it. If a surgeon messes up at work, people die. Mm. And so it's just one of those situations from my perspective, but I think that's really cool. Sierra, I I got a little something. So, a little something. We, so we talked about this. I wanted to get kind of an insider view, if there's anything taught about race, or if we could talk to a doctor who has had experiences where he's seen mistreatment or malpractice or prejudice in his experience so i actually have a friend that i'd like to bring on he is ready very cool he is yes he is ready he is for everyone listening who might care about this he is a white male but honestly one of the like just amazing i love him he was one of my missionaries when i joined the church um super super sweet guy and I told him what we were kind of looking for and he was really excited to help. I was like, Can you do this today? He was like, If I don't get paged in, yes I can.
2: <laughs> Alex. Hey.
0: How are
2: you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for yeah.
0: participating. I am super excited. My cousin is the other person on the line. Her name Hi, is. Alex. Sierra. Hi. Hi. Good morning. So so Alex, tell us what your kind of position is right now, where you are. Are you a resident? Are you done with that? What, what's your focus? Sure thing.
2: Yeah. So I'm a resident and my specialty is podiatry and I'm in my first year of training mm-hmm. doing most of my work at the hospital. Ooh,
0: congrats. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Thanks.
0: Thanks again for, for being willing to talk to us. Our episode today is on hospitals and Kind of where Sierra and I are coming from is Sierra feels like because she's a Black woman, hospitals may not be the safest place for her. Sure. Good intentions, but if people in hospitals have a certain tendency about, like, Black people or something, that she might not get the best treatment or she might get, as
1: she said, lost in the sauce. Is that good? Yeah, and— Like you, like you said, I think it's like an unconscious bias. I don't think anyone in there is necessarily like (laughs) trying to experiment Jim Crow style or anything. But I do think there's like some unconscious bias of like, do black women feel the same amount of pain? Are they a little dismissive when we say that there is a problem X, Y, or Z? I think there's some bias.
2: Yeah. So from my perspective, it's interesting you bring that up because I do think there's a little bit of that going on, and I think most of that is unconscious. like you were saying, we actually have like read a couple studies as a residency talking about that sort of stuff. One of the most basic studies, not necessarily talking about, you know, black versus white, but if somebody comes into the emergency room, like as a trauma from some sort of serious injury, if it's a uh, a white female, she is more likely to get pain medicine sooner than any other um, sub group, um, including any sort of a male or a black female, which, in my opinion, kind of blows my mind a little bit. And I don't know necessarily if what the root cause of that is. But, um, you know, research has kind of proven that a little bit of that is is true. And not sure if people just inherently have a little bit of bias or How that plays out in hospitals that are more predominantly black people coming to the hospital versus, you know, more black people as employees at the hospital. I don't know how that all plays in, but, you know, some of the research actually says that that's not just an assumption. It's actually a true fact. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You said before you said that's a little bit true. Is it like, don't worry about whether you're going to offend me or Sierra. We brought you in because we need that third party set of eyes, someone who is in the hospital. Someone who is learning what you're learning. So you're in Cleveland. Uh, Columbus. Right now?
2: Really close. Yeah. Mm.
0: Columbus. Okay. So what's the demographic at the um, hospital? So there?
2: I'm in like downtown, downtown Columbus. The patient population that actually comes to the hospital is very heavy black. We've got some Asian, Hispanic, and then white as well. But I would say without. You know, knowing a specific number, at least 30 to 50 percent of the people we have in our hospital are black.
1: Mm, Does that reflect Mm. the staff? Okay. That percentage? Mm,
2: No, no, definitely more predominant white staff. Mm. But what is the? Oh, sorry, Alice. I didn't want to cut you off. Your thought
0: there, Sierra. Is it like there are mostly black people coming to this hospital, so there should be mostly
1: black people? No, working I'm just curious here? about the the or, area or just idea. Is it does that reflect the staff?
2: <laughs> yeah. So most of the oh, okay. people that work at the hospital that I'm at, they commute in. A decent ways. And so they're more from the uh, more affluent areas of Columbus or whatnot. Whereas the actual hospital itself is like downtown in a little bit more of the rundown area. Oh, so downtown is okay. Mm. I see. Yeah. Downtown's a little bit more rundown. Ooh. Okay. Okay.
0: So like you talked about the studies that you've Uh, looked into in your residency and how it kind of shows that there is evidence that white women get pain meds faster than anyone else, basically. What have you seen in the hospital yourself, like from your experience? Have you seen something that um, Sierra brought up that she feels is that Black people will come into a hospital and say they have a problem and maybe those problems get Overlooked or ignored or written off. Is that I how you do. feel, Sierra?
1: And I have a good example of that. I was just reading about Ser- um, Serena Williams, who had like a pre existing pulmonary condition where she's prone to get, I guess, maybe air bubbles or something. So when she was really concerned about that all through her pregnancy, and we all know Serena Williams, super affluent, you know, healthy and very yeah, well healthy yeah, woman. Healthy woman. And so um, right after she delivered, I think within the first 24 hours, she started like having shortness of breath and she told her nurse staff and they were like, oh, no, that's kind of normal because of boo, boo, boo and do, do, do. And that tends to happen and maybe just relax and You know, just giving her all of that type of stuff. Hours passed before finally she kept bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up before they test. And they were like, "Oh yeah, wow, you have formed like a pretty large, I don't know, air bubble." Or I'm not sure exactly what it was in her lungs. Like that could have killed her had it gone on much longer. And I'm just like, wow precious time wasted of you being like dismissed as like the well-meaning moron, like just (laughs) hormonal fool. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I like, imagine how often that's just one you know, popular case, but that's not, not the norm.
0: (laughs) See, in my opinion is that just happens to every, well, okay. I'm not necessarily saying that it doesn't happen more to black people. I don't have that experience. That's why you're here, Alex. But, but I think in my opinion, that that happens to a lot of people especially after you go through this big experience like having a baby if she says something like that um you could get somebody who's like really uh, maybe intuitive and be like oh you're saying you have shortness of breath okay let me look and see if there's something else that would mean something's wrong but I would assume that most people would be like yeah you just had a baby and then I don't know like I I don't see that specific instance as her that happening to her because she was black but just because just she just had a baby and so people are like uh yeah that seems normal now maybe after like an hour or two that seems a little like dumb but i guess i'm just saying i feel like stuff like that happens to other people That's,
1: as well mm-hmm. i don't know i think her knowing her pre-existing condition that probably being in her chart because she was so for like that, and oh then, no, for sure, like, for sure. Black women are three to four times more likely to die during childbirth. So, like, there should be no room for error for those mistakes, knowing that this is like a vulnerable population, literally in this setting. Like, there should be high, highly attentive. I wish I knew more about that statistic and like why mm-hmm. that is. They die; they're three
0: to four times more likely to or die from pregnancy. childbirth. Is it because? Just- is it because they have exi- They have something going on that they just ignore <laughs> until it's too late. Or is it because they're being ignored? I read that at the and they
1: said that yes, black people have like pre-existing conditions, more likely to have like the high blood pressure, or high blood sugar, or what have you. But they said that most of the fatalities, a significant number of them, are due to quality of care. Most of them are preventable in that moment. Like the fatalities are actually preventable. The condition that might lead to the fatality could be due to pre-existing. Conditions, but the actual mortality rate is so high because of quality of care.
2: I've, what do you think? So else? I've I've seen like a similar reports as what Sierra is talking about, where they do say you know a lot of that mortality is due to the actual quality of care that they received. From what I've seen, I I at least. In my field with foot and ankle surgery, we really don't, you know, have much of a separation in how we treat people, whether they're black or white. I have seen, though, that if somebody, regardless of race, gender or whatever, is a frequent flyer to the hospital or has tons Mm. of problems that they just will always bring up and it seems like a never ending laundry list of problems, Mm. it's... Really hard to take each problem as seriously as you would if somebody came in with one specific problem. And I'm not saying that's what happens when, like, you know, a black woman is pregnant and about to have a kid. They've got a laundry list of problems. I'm not saying that. But yeah, um, I just, I have, I've seen it irrelevant of black versus white. Just, you know, it's hard to, as a hospital employee, Know when to actually take somebody's uh, you know subjective opinion seriously and know how serious their concern actually is. It's, it's a fine line when we're, you know, trying to know what type of medicines to give people and we don't want to give them too much, too little. And, you know, and so you just need to take their word for it. But also if their word isn't as reliable, it's, it's difficult to try to balance all of that.
0: So if you have had that experience and you were in a highly populated Black area, then a statistic could come out saying that Black people, in your area get ignored at the hospital. Is that I mean, isn't that just like how that would work? If you see patients like that that come in and have a laundry list. And so you don't really know what to do with them because you can't really rely on their word. But then you live in an area where most of the people who are coming in are Black, or at least you know half the people that are coming in are Black, then that makes sense that a statistic would exist that would say something along the lines of
2: what you've been saying, Sarah. Yeah, and I, I think that would make sense to some extent. It would be difficult to prove 100% that it's just because somebody is Black or... Or whatever race they are, because I feel like, at least in my experience, that white people in a similar situation who would come in with a laundry list of problems, so to speak, would be treated in a in a similar way. Yeah, but yeah it it is hmm. it is very difficult because I feel like there is actually I know that there is underlying bias between races as well as genders to some extent. And, you know, it's difficult to decipher through what is causing people to be treated in a different way and what causes, you know, increased death amongst pregnant Black women versus white women or or whatnot. And it's a tough thing to try to investigate. For sure. I'm glad you said that,
1: actually, because I,
2: I, I never... I
1: never pitch the line that you guys have to walk sometimes of knowing what's what, because the hypochondriac is very real. Addiction is very real. I do know some people play the medical system mm-hmm. hard. Like it's their full-time job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. And then some people just like want, I mean, especially with like the homeless population, some people just sure, need yeah. a place to
2: sleep. So if I can speak to that too, we uh, get trained a little bit in, you know, appropriate pain management. So giving people opioids and things like that and knowing what's appropriate in that regard. And one of the things that we are taught in these rotations that we have with opioids is that a lot of people who are having drug-seeking type behaviors when they come into the hospital will actually do better if you give them the medicine that they need in the hospital, the drugs that they need in the hospital. So which would be more opioids in the hospital compared to another person, and they will then have less of a tendency to become addicted after their hospital stay because their pain was managed appropriately during the hospital stay. Interesting thought hmm. process, but it it goes back to this concept of you know if somebody's coming in with all these um, concerns or problems or or whatnot, it's difficult for a medical professional to know what to treat them with and and to what extent we should treat them. But at least, you know, that's one example with pain management. If somebody, you know, is more tolerant to opioids or more drug seeking, they can actually benefit from you essentially giving them a little bit of what they want in that situation. And then they are less likely to become addicted and have more drug seeking in the future. Interesting. That's good to know. That is really interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Ooh. I have a story for Alex. I want (laughs) to.
2: I'm curious. I'm excited.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, it's not like a a good. I don't know why I'm laughing, making it sound like I'm about to like. (laughs) Because you're a psychopath. (laughs) Yeah. You know, disclaimer. It's not like, you know, me frolicking in the fields type of story. But so this. So what had happened was Alex. (laughs) Oh. My mom you know, she's in her late forties now, but back when I was in high school, she was, you know, mid thirties or what have you. And not to tell my age or anything, but, um, so she was, you know, maybe 30, 35, 36. And she started like, um, saying her hips were hurting her. And I was just like, what, how a 35 girl? But so turns out, years later we found out she had graves disease which affects your thyroid and Mm -hmm. all that so she she did she was on the heavier side maybe 215 at the time let me stop putting that out there maybe she was let's say she was 215 (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna call you and be like girl i I was (laughs) 204 (laughs) get it right (laughs) (laughs) but she's small she's 5'3 so that's still you know if we're looking at the bmi yeah that's significant she had that going on and she was saying her hip was hurting so finally because it it was affecting whether like how she could work she was applying for all these jobs and they were mentioning like are you able to lift 30 pounds and walk from xyz and she was like actually i don't think i could because i get these you know random debilitating pains in my hip so she would go to the doctor and you know she had a physician that she had been going to for a long time at that point and well, not a long time, I guess three years. So she would go to her and uh, basically she would just tell her like, girl, you got to lose that weight. You got to lose that weight. Of course, her hip is hurt. You got to lose that weight. And, you know, my mom would go try to lose weight. And she'd be like, well, it's not. I lost five, 10 pounds. Christina, it's still hurting. It's still hurting. And She's like, I, I can give you some diet medication, something to help with your appetite. I can give you something to help with your anxiety and your depression, your feelings. This was getting her really depressed, not being able to work, you know, and all these other things. She's like, I can give um, you that. Oh, I see. So now my mom's on an antidepressant, an anxiety medication, a, um, a depression medication, trying to lose this weight to stop her hip from hurting. <laughs> years go, five years go by. She's now in her 40s. She goes to a different doctor because now it's both hips that are hurting and it's bad to the point where she can barely get on and off the toilet. She definitely can't work. She's on disability at this point. I want to, you know, just, it was bad at 40 years old. And so she goes. She goes to this doctor, and she like talks about. And what is his name? Antonacci, Doctor Antonacci. And um, he actually does an X-ray first time in five years. He does an X-ray, and he's like, "Holy crap! <laughs> These this is so bone on bone. Your cartilage is completely gone. I don't know, like this." This would be excruciating. This, like, how are you not in tears right now? And she just started, like, crying. She's like, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging. Like, I have been in so much pain, taking goddamn Tylenol, like, every day, popping Tylenol, trying to ease the pain. And so, anywho, five years later, finally, she gets someone to actually take an x ray and listen to her. And she ended up getting the hips replaced two years later because there were some things that she needed to do and yada, yada, yada. But both hips got their place, but I was just so like, we both were in tears when he said that, like, you must have been in excruciating pain because this is so bad. And I'm like, thank you for that. Wow. Like, she has been. I've been witnessing it. And finally, someone's saying it. Wow. But anyway, that was my story of <laughs> <laughs> that. St- I've yeah. never heard you tell yeah. me that story. No, that's insane.
0: I'm, wow. See, that would definitely make me and feel that, to me, the other way.
2: And that, to me, is mind-boggling because just if somebody comes in with, for me, like foot pain, the first thing we do is get x-rays. That's just like the standard of care is you, regardless of what type of pain it is, most of the time you're getting an x-ray just to see if there's any bone problem. So that, I mean, that's a crazy story to me. Just, yeah.
0: That's insane that she like disregarded. She basically just like, well, you did not need to lose weight. Like how often is that happening? Where people are coming in with it legit turned out issues, and they're like, "Well, you can lose some weight." So without like some, some type of
1: hormonal balancing, it would be so difficult for someone to lose weight with their thyroid issue. And she didn't even know that at the time. Didn't even test to see why her weight was uh-huh. like this or fluctuating. Just girl, lose some weight. Walk. You got a dog, right? Walk the dog. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's so. That's
0: insane. horrible. Yeah. yeah. Now
2: we that's tell horrible. people they need to lose weight. That's that's a pretty common thing that we do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like if somebody says they have pain, it's not always because of weight. Like there's almost always some other problem there. Maybe the weight has caused arthritis so that it's bone on bone, but it's not like the weight that's causing the pain. You know, there's something mm. causing the pain. That's, yeah, that's just That's a crazy story to me. Yeah. That's horrible.
0: She had, this woman for sure had bias
2: and she like, I wonder if in some
0: weird way, she thought she was helping your mom because if she got an x-ray, it would cost more. Maybe. That's real. She's like, you know what? Let me just, uh, let me, you know, lose some weight. Let me get you some medicine. But like, you know, x-rays are a lot of money. I've heard. Which is so
1: racist as well. Like, I'm going to save you the trip. You don't even, they don't try to bill you. Let me just tell you right now. (laughs) Like, oh really? I kind of want that opinion. To be honest, Hmm. I have, I have county care, girl, they'll build up for the state. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: don't like that. I don't like that. And maybe that's happening more than I know. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time in the hospital. Something that I was saying as to like, how I feel about hospitals, Alex, is I feel like if you're not aware of your options, and you're not aware of like, I'm just gonna say you're right. Sometimes anyone can be taken advantage of. I feel like, you know, when I was pregnant, I had this whole, I'm going to give birth at home and I'm going to, you know, it's going to be all beautiful and whatever. And we ended up having some issues and I had to go to the hospital. And I was, because I took a birthing course with my husband, I was so aware of all the things I could say no to because... You know, like this is something they do for this, but it's not necessary. You can tell them no. This is something, you know, a lot of that. And so with everything from like the vitamin K shot to them wanting to put like multiple like monitors inside of me so that they could like monitor the baby different ways. I Mm -hmm. said no a lot in the hospital. And it was like I'd say no. And then that person would say okay. And then another person would come in and try to convince me why why I should do it. And then I'd say no. And then another person would, it's almost like, and then someone would come in and break down exactly why all of it. And I'd be like, Uh. it's not because I don't understand. It's not because I don't know why you're asking to do it. I'm saying no, because Mm -hmm. I don't think you need to do it. Like, this is my experience. And also like, I care more about the health of my baby than you do. So it's not like I'm going to be like, no, don't do it. He'll be okay. Like, and I just felt like they were, they were very pushy. They were very like, People weren't listening to me, like kind of what Sierra was saying. Like, I would lay on one side, but if I laid on, if I turned and laid on the other side, the baby's heart rate would go up. So, this nurse was telling me to turn over, and I'm like, listen, if you turn me over, his heart rate's gonna go up. She turned me over, the heart rate went up, and they rushed me in to do wow. a C section. <laughs> and I'm just like, you did, you must have not heard what I said, <laughs> or you just didn't care. I don't know if it was the fact that I was a failed home birth. And maybe they, you know, they only see failed home births. And so at that point, they might have a, an attitude about that. Or if it was the fact that I'm a Black woman, or if it was the fact that, like, I had a lot of say and I knew what I could say no to. And so that was annoying. They couldn't just, like, give me things. But it wasn't my favorite experience, and I don't want to do that again. And so I just wanted to hear your opinion on how some of that works in Columbus um, at your hospital.
2: Well, that's another kind of sad story. We're on a stream of kind of sad stories here. <laughs> <laughs> you should try listening. Welcome, Alex. <laughs> I mean, I have seen that in the hospital where we offer a test or a service or something like that. And then the person says no. And it's something, so for instance, we walk in and we say, hey, like, it looks like you've got an infection in your big toe. We want to get an x-ray and run some labs. And I mean, people are very much entitled to say, no, I just want antibiotics and then I want to go home. And I've had people say that before where they're just like, no, like, I don't even know why I'm here. My wife just made me come in, <laughs> which always makes me chuckle. But then they say, you know, I don't, I don't really <laughs> want that. And our job as providers is to try to then illustrate or at least explain to the best of our ability why they would benefit from those tests. And people, we always still give them the option to say no, but I've definitely personally explained a certain test or lab that I would recommend somebody gets at least two or three times before I've just given up on the issue. And then I've had like a co-resident or an attending physician mm. come in and do the same thing and like illustrate why. Um, recently, we had an individual who needed a, a toe amputated because of some infection and he was started getting cold feet. And I went up and explained the need for it. My resident then explained the need for it. And then the attending came up and explained the need for it as well. And eventually he agreed. That was definitely the best case for him because the infection could have spread further. But I do feel like as healthcare providers, we are kind of taught that there's certain tests that really help us with our diagnostics and knowing what's going on. And we like having all the answers so that we can make decisions as well as we can. And so I think there's definitely that tendency that if we don't get the tests or the answers, the labs, whatever it is that we normally would get, it puts us a little bit out of our comfort zone in that we can't make decisions as well as we would like to. And so then we push the issue a little bit just Mm. to try to get that information so that in our opinion, so that we can treat the patient the best that we could. But it it is difficult because, you know, people know how their body responds to things. They know themselves better. But then we're trying to get into their mindset a little bit while also wanting the answers so that we can make appropriate medical decision making. The the medical world is full of difficult situations. And I think Uh this is another one of those where we're trying to get the knowledge that will help us the best and also respect the patient. But but it can it can be a kind of fine line to walk. Wow.
1: Mm.
2: No, that's valid. And when, you know, the foot thing
0: really brought it home, I totally get it. It's just. oh.
2: So, for instance, this gentleman um, was saying stuff that was just off the wall, like he, he clearly didn't fully understand that. This infection could cause us to need to remove his whole foot, that sort of thing. We have some people who come in who very clearly understand what's going on to themselves. And um, it's a lot easier for me than to accept them saying, no, I don't really want that performed again or whatnot, because I I trust them a little bit more. Mm. Wow. I love all the insight that you've given us Alex.
1: Sierra, do you yeah. have any other um, questions? So, who is the favorite Grey's Anatomy? Kid? <laughs> so, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I just I to say I
2: wish I wish I could answer that. That's that's Kara, my wife. She's the one who watches it. I've like never watched Grey's Anatomy all the way. So um, I don't even, I don't know. I know you don't have the time. There's like Dr. McDreamy or something like that. That's, isn't that? Yes. Yeah.
1: Dr. Shepard. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's awesome.
1: No, I do have a, a serious question though. Yeah. Um, like but... what's your experience with like the diversity training? Cause you know, that's kind of my mm-hmm. passion. And then I was worried when like um, Trump was saying that he wants to like ban that. Luckily that was vetoed. Yeah. Cause I do see the need, especially
2: in the healthcare field. So have you guys already dived into that? Yeah. Is that something there? Yeah. So I guess this may be one of the reasons why I don't feel like I see, at least in my experience, much in regards to people being treated differently based on gender, sex, religion, uh, race, anything like that. During podiatry school. We have a semester-long course on diversity training where we, you know, watch different videos and then are asked to have these discussions on, you know, delicate topics, anywhere from uh, LGBTQ situations to different races to male versus female um, and talk about, you know, how we would treat people in those situations. So we get that training during school and then... Also we have to do lots of online module type training at the beginning of residency talking about you know diversity, how we would treat different people and everything like that. Just And at the hospital I'm at, there's actually a, a huge push to always be aware of treating everybody equally, if not, not not equally, but different races or different genders obviously need different care because different tests or, or whatnot is applicable to different genders or races. But we we get a lot of training in that. And so I haven't personally seen much in regards to people being discriminated against at the hospital, even though I know stats say that that is a thing.
1: Mm, a semester-long so, training. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I hope it sticks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're doing other classes during that time. That's not like, you know, the only devoted thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I felt like that sort of training is really helpful. I kind of, me and... Some of my other friends, you know, is it was one of those classes that it's like, okay, come on, we're being we're being trained to be doctors. Let's talk about like drugs or surgeries or something like that. More important. But, you know, looking back on it, that's just as important. Your capability to relate and be personable with your patients, I feel like is almost more important sometimes than your actual medical knowledge. Um, Mm. And so I'm grateful for that training. Well, that's amazing. That's yeah. good to hear. We're grateful for you, Alex.
0: We know how busy you are. And <laughs> the fact that you made time to talk with us is a huge deal. Seriously. Especially around yeah, you're welcome. the holidays. Thanks for having so I appreciate me. it so much.
2: All right. Thank you both.
0: <laughs> okay. Bye, Alex. Whoa. That was awesome. He Man, is great. I really like him. I received a lot of insight today. I I definitely have my or had my preconceived notions about some of the stuff that we would talk about. And I am totally, I guess, just more open to the Mm. idea that I'm wrong about what I think. I definitely don't have as much hospital experience and I don't, we don't really have many people in our circle who do. We don't spend much time at the hospital. And so, especially after hearing your mom's story, that was freaking heartbreaking. Seriously. Seriously. I, I'm, I'm listening. But we would love to hear your experience, your thought, your concerns, maybe something we didn't touch on that we should have. We're here.
1: Because we're listening. um, If you guys, I didn't get a chance to touch on it, but that's what our Instagram is for. I would love to dive into some of the historic facts I've been reading about, um, I guess, maybe some of that could have led to some of the disparities in the healthcare field, you know, from our history. If you don't know your history, you're bound to repeat it, right? So I'm going to share some of those facts on the instagram you should try listening i don't know why i'm nervous no, like you keep saying, saying facts, facts like, and the, I'm like mm. the dr sims that experimented on like a hundred thousand okay. black okay. women and you know like those type of things yeah Nothing oh crazy. yeah <laughs> i've read about him okay okay cool
0: all right let's <laughs> drop a fact like i'm gonna share some facts with y'all no filter
1: <laughs>
0: well you know what i'd love so- a post that like engages the audience, like maybe asking them, like, what are some ideas they have about the hospital, or what are, like, do you feel safe at yeah. the hospital? I don't know. Something that engages. I'd love to know what people think.
1: I am already mortified. So the, you know that can only just help me and my hypochondria now for hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> don't
0: I'm back. already mortified. No, I think this was a good episode though, and man i'm really glad we were
1: able to get alex Perfect. on. he was so appreciated his location he's in that really helped like wow that the stars aligned yes for yes <laughs> and
0: lauren put yes. in work and reached out to her awesome friend <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah you know the stars <laughs> did some of the work but it was mostly and until next time guys